everything are, are we living in a world sometimes it, it would be good not to know everything that's going on wouldn't it well if we don't but all this stuff wants to take away from us but we need to keep praying for our country we need to keep praying for this Afghanistan thing, our southern border, who gets the shots, who don't. Listen, if you want to take a shot, that's fine. If you don't want to take a shot, that's fine. But we need to keep fighting for our freedom in this country. And it's just my personal belief, but I, you know, with all, all the things they want to take our guns, they want to mask us, they want to silence us, I wouldn't be surprised, and I really believe that was probably planned to leave all that equipment in Afghanistan and give it to the enemy. I'm, I'm telling you, there's a one-world government takeover. And don't think the, the elites of the country aren't in on it. And that involves our government. I mean, that's the first thing the government would do, would destroy those vehicles. They left 2,000 armored vehicles there. I mean, no telling whatever else, but... I'll give you some good news, too. There's just a lot going on. Al-Qaeda's already got some cell groups in this nation. Don't think they're all over there. We're being... Uh, but, church, we've got to rise up. We've got to rise up. We've got to do the thing that Jesus said. He said, I'm coming back after that bride without spot and wrinkle, so you know he's not finished with us yet. We, we heard a man that's involved in that and going back over there named Robbie Dawkins this week. And he was talking about warriors over there would pray. And I think he was talking about the Iranian women. He said, I'd rather have one Iranian woman than ten men. And they said, well, what's that? He said, now those women will go to battle. He said, let me tell you, they've already lost everything. They've been shamed. They've been raped. They've been run over. And they say, what else can you do to me? I'm going to stand and fight. Amen. Blessed are the poor in spirit. They know they can't do it. Listen, forgive us if we think we can do it. Apart from Him. Jesus Christ is still the way, the truth, and the life. And he, He's the only way to Father God. He is our hope. He, he's got this thing. Lord, I thank you. I thank you. Look at, put that scripture up in Jeremiah 27, 5. I've quoted part of this to you for a long time. <clears throat> Now, this is a word, this is, God was, gave this to Jeremiah the prophet. And these are, this is a good verse to Mark. The last part of this verse 5. I've made the earth, the men, the beasts which are on the face of the earth, by my great power and by my outstretched arm, and I will give it to the one who is pleasing in my sight. Now I have given all the lands into the hand of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, my servant, and I have given him all the wild animals in the field to serve him. 
the Nebuchadnezzar wasn't a godly man, but God could work work through him, and he he ruled the earth at that time. God is looking for people that want to please Him. And Facebook, I'm glad you're watching. Anna, I'm glad you're watching. Now, I want to go to uh, the book of Daniel. And I want to read you a large passage of Scripture here, starting with verse uh, 31. But before that, King Nebuchadnezzar has a dream. And he sees this great statue and such as. But he doesn't know what it means. And he called in all his wise men and says, uh, interpret my dream. And they said, well, tell me your dream. He said, no. If I tell you, you'll make up something. But I want to know that it's from God, so you tell me. And if you don't, you're dead. And they begged him, and they couldn't come up with it. Well, David, uh, excuse me, Daniel wasn't in that meeting, but he was one of the wise men, so word came to them they were all going to be killed. Daniel come to the king and said, give me time. I won't have it, but the God that I serve can interpret this. He told his three Hebrew friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and they prayed and God gave Daniel the revelation. God released revelation in this house today. We all need revelation about different areas in our lives and for our country. So, now, Daniel is about to give the interpretation to the king in verse 31. And this message today can really clear up a lot of end-time things for you. Now, Harold Eberly wrote a book. We did have a couple copies left back there called Victorious Eschatology. There's a lot of different beliefs about end times. A lot of them believe, <clears throat> I've had, I'll go to a meeting and a preacher will say, are you pre, mid, or post? That means he believes there's going to be a seven-year tribulation and is God going to take it, the church out pre, before that happens, or is it going to happen in the middle, mid, or is it going to be in the end? Well, I tell him I'm pan. It's all going to pan out. No, I, I believe most of that stuff, personally, I believe it's already happened. I, we've studied last week about how God dealt with the Jewish nation. A.D. 70. In the first generation, first, first part of it, the book of Revelation still says, the first chapter, the first verse, I'm going to show you things that must come to pass quickly, soon. Okay? This will eventually, Daniel's, Words will tie in, in with that. But let me read you this passage. You, O king, were looking, and behold, there was a single great statue. That statue, which was large and of extraordinary splendor, was standing in front of you, and its appearance was awesome. The head of the statue was made of 
fine gold, its breast and its arms of silver, its belly, its sides of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of clay. You continued looking until a stone, watch for the stone now, was cut out without hands and it struck the statue on its feet of iron and clay and crushed them. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, the gold were crushed all at the same time and became like chaff from the summer threshing floor and the wind carried them away so that not a trace of them was found. But the stone that struck the statue became a great mountain and it filled the whole earth. Now, he's going to give him the interpretation. This was the dream. Now I will tell you the interpretation. You, O king, are the king of kings to whom God of heaven has given the kingdom, the power, the strength, and the glory. And wherever the sons of men dwell, or the beasts of the field, or the birds of the sky, he has given them into your hand and caused you to rule over them. You are the head of gold. That's like that scripture I read a while ago, that God's looking for someone to please him. Then, so that was the Babylonian kingdom, and Nebuchadnezzar was ruling then. Now, after you, there will rise another kingdom inferior to you, then another third kingdom of bronze, which will rule over you. The second was the Medo-Persian reign, and then it was Greece was the third one. But Babylonian, Nebuchadnezzar's, the whole kingdom, including his sons and such as, lasted uh, 66 years. The Medes and the Persian lasted 208 years. And then the, the Greece, the Cretans, lasted 185 years. Now the fourth kingdom starts in verse 40. Then there will be a fourth kingdom. As strong as iron, as much as iron crushes and shatters all things, so like that iron that breaks in pieces, it will crush and break all these pieces. In that you saw the feet and toes partly of potter's clay and partly of iron, it will be divided, a divided kingdom. But I will have in but it will have in it the toughness of iron, inasmuch as you saw the iron mixed with common clay. As the toes of the feet were partly of iron and partly of pottery. So some of the kingdom will be strong and part of it will be brittle. And in that you saw the iron mixed with common clay, they will combine with one another in the seeds of men, but they will not adhere to one another, even as iron does not combine with pottery. So he saw this great statue, started with gold and then goes all down, representing four kingdoms. Now, one kingdom was in place at that time, Nebuchadnezzar the Babylonian, but these others were to come. Who was in control of the governments of the world when Jesus came? The Romans. That's that fourth kingdom right here that he's talking about. Verse 44. In the days of those kings, he said, in other words, these kings I've just talked about, in those days, their days, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom, hallelujah, which will never be destroyed. And that kingdom will not be left for another people. 
And now you've heard me quote this. It will crush and put an end to all of these kingdoms, but it will itself endure forever. Now that's the kingdom of God that he's talking about. Inasmuch as you saw the stone that was cut out of the mountain without hands, that it crushed the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, the gold, the great God has made known to the king what will take place in the future so the dream is true and his interpretation is trustworthy. And Daniel got all kinds of accolades, but he said, look, it wasn't me, it was God, and we need to give him all the credit. But listen, that stone that was cut out of a rock without hands that became a mountain is the kingdom of God. It's the rock is the Lord Jesus Christ. And he's just as real as Daniel prophesied he would be in that day and time. And we'll, we'll see him in some more here. So uh, mark those verses. Know where that's at, particularly that, that 41st verse. I just like that. It will crush and put an end to all other kingdoms. Now, that process is still going on. Now, let's look at uh, the book of Revelation. I told you a while ago that Revelation 1.1 shows these things must soon take place. In Revelation uh, 4.1, the Apostle Paul, of uh, John, excuse me, was on the Isle of Patmos and the Lord appeared to him on the Lord's day and is showing him these things. In verse 4, After these things I looked and behold a door standing open in heaven and the first voice which I heard, the first verse, voice that he heard was the Lord. When you go back to the first chapter, like the sound of a trumpet speaking with me and said, come up here and I will show you what must take place after these things. I believe he's saying, John, I'm going to show you things that are going to happen in your future. That's why I don't believe all these things uh, are yet to come. I think some of Revelation hasn't been fulfilled, but I, I believe a lot of it has. It's called a partial predatist view. That part of it's ha already happened and part of it will be completed. But I want to go to, to uh, chapter 12. Verse 7. And there was a war in heaven. Angie prayed about a war. We've talked about warring. And the, Michael and his angels wage war with the dragon, the dragon and the angels war. And they, the enemy, was not strong enough and there was no longer a place found for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, the serpent of old, which is called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth and his angels were thrown down with him. Lord, I thank you for your blood you shed on Calvary. Thank you that you cover us. <clears throat> that war took place after Jesus Christ ascended into heaven. That's when that war took place. That was after. 
that wasn't before creation. That wasn't before the, the Garden of Eden and things like that. That was in the first century. After Jesus Christ took his seat on the throne. That's what they're uh, talking about there. See, uh, well, let me read verse 10. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of God and the authority of his Christ have come because the king has took his seat. For the accuser of our brethren has been thrown down. He accuses them before our God day and night. You remember in, uh, there's a scripture in Matthew 4, 8 and 9. When Jesus was tempted by the devil for 40 days, you remember he went out into the wilderness? You remember as soon as he got baptized and the Spirit of God came on him? When you step in and you start to move in the kingdom, I'm telling you, you're going to go through some things. And Jesus went out and fasted for 40 days. And when that was over, Satan come to him and said, why don't you turn these rocks into bread? He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Then you know what he did? He showed him the whole world and said, bow down to me and I'll give it all to you. Was that a temptation to Jesus? Let me tell you, it, it couldn't have been a temptation unless Satan had the power to do that. So he was still God of this world at that time. But when he took his seat, that battle was won and he was kicked out of heaven. He rendered him powerless, but he, but he left him around. Satan's on a leash. All he can do in your life is what God gives him permission to do. But when a Christian that knows to do better steps out of God's will, if this represented God's will, and I, I got out of it, I'm duck soup. I mean, the enemy can do anything to a believer when he gets out of God's will. See, God has given us his heart, his mind. He's given us his word. And he wants us to know and to walk with him. See, Satan was still God of this world when Jesus was born. You remember all the male babies they killed trying to find him? God has started his program. The king is seated. Last week we dealt with, he dealt with the Jewish nation. He said, I'm taking the keys away from you and giving it to somebody else. You've had your opportunity. You, you passed it by. Now, Jewish people today, they can get saved just like you and I. They just have to believe in Jesus and come. They're not cursed because of their ancestors, just like you're not. But see, God has got a plan and purpose. I want to read you some statistics here from Harold Eberly. But listen, the good news is the rock has come. Jesus came. That rock dealt with the Jewish people. That rock crushed 
the Roman Empire, and it'll eventually crush the ruling governments of this earth that are not of God. That's what he's about. First, the rights to the kingdom of God were taken away from the Jews. Then but God began crushing the Roman Empire. Look at uh, verse 17. So the dragon was enraged with the woman and went off to make war with the rest of her children. Anybody feel like there's a war going on? But keep the commandments of God, who keep the commandments of God, and hold to the testimony of Jesus. Amen. Nero was the, the reigning ruler there in Rome, and he reigned from A.D. 54 to 68. But after the fire in Rome that came in 64, Nero had thousands of Christians crucified sewn in skins of wild animals, then eaten by wild dogs, tied to mad bulls, and dragged to death, or dipped in tar and lit on fire. Each emperor of the Romans that came into power took the title as either um, Augustus or Sebastor, which means I'm the one to be worshipped. They set up. They were God. They thought themselves. And every person. Every Roman. Had to one day a year. Come and appear before whoever the Caesar was. And bow down. And say. Caesar is Lord. No Lord but King Jesus. Yeah. See. Our God is on the move. Now listen, he's got us this far. He's going to get us through it. I don't know how, and I pray America doesn't have to be a third world country. But if that's what it takes to turn it around, no, I'm not saying God wouldn't do it. Look what he's done to the, to the Jewish people. That's why we need to keep standing and believing for our country, and we need to let our, our voices be heard. And that's where, and I, I've repented for Myself, I've repented for pastors that will not declare. A lot of pastors think it's wrong to talk about government issues. Listen, it's not Democrat or Republican now. It's right or wrong. You can take wherever you want. And you've got to see this country is going the wrong way. How can we take care of everybody else I mean, we can just give out so long. When the, as the head goes, so goes the country. And you see where the direction, the head of this country is going. And I, I, I pray for Joe Biden. I pray he gets saved if he's not. I pray for Kamala Harris. Lord, turn them around. But if not, deal with them. Deal with the wicked rulers of, of all the earth. Lord, deal with them. But he's, he's doing... They're doing something that the church hadn't got us to do. He's, they've got us praying more. And that's what God wants us to cry out to Him and, and make our stand in these things. But there's just as much hope for you, for you and I as, as, there's, as there's ever been. God has got a plan and purpose for everything. 
And listen, the rock has came. It shattered that, that statues, and it's eventually going to crush all other kingdoms. But my question is, how much of the church world is really part of the kingdom of God? See, there are so many Christians, and, and you know they're not all saved, but you know of, of believers, people that have been born again. So many just believe that being born again is the end of the kingdom. I mean, that, that's, that you're not supposed to grow and, and learn more. And basically, that's kind of where the, a lot of the church is. Still babes in Christ. That I told you some numbers here just recently. They, they said the percentage of adultery of people in church is higher in church than it is in the world. The people that think they can go have, have sex and it's okay. It's a sin. It's a sin. I mean, we know what sin is. Your spirit knows what sin is. The, the Lord will check us at times. You know, there's things. I know one time I wanted to just go to a place. And then I, I just thought about it. You know what? I'd get to see some old friends, but what's going to really come out of that? I thought, you know, there could be some temptation come out of it too. I'd just be better off not going. I mean, that's the Spirit of God that, that just checks us at times. Amen. But listen, don't think it's okay to live in sin. It's never been okay to live in sin. He, he loves the sinner. He loves us when we sin. But if you belong to God, He'll correct you when you sin. And if He doesn't correct you, it means you don't belong to Him. But, geez, but God gave His boy, His child, on the cross to redeem us and set us free. When we come to Christ, listen, Romans 6 says, for Christians, reckon your flesh dead to sin. We have to tell our bodies, you're dead. You're dead. Listen, we all have thoughts that come we don't want to have. Reckon that thought dead. Take, take hold of that thought and say, you're not going to ruin me. Because it wants to get, you know, if you start down that trail, you'll just keep going. You've got to stop. Reckon yourself dead to sin but the second part of it is, and that you're alive in Christ. That you're in Christ. Amen. And if you're not where you need to be in the kingdom of God, it's repent. Repent. That means you change your direction. You go another way. You may have to cut off some relationships. You usually won't lose many friends because you just say, I'm going with Christ. They leave you. You usually don't have to leave them. But, it still took the cross. It still took the blood of Jesus Christ. It took a human being, God in the flesh, as our substitute on the cross to redeem us so that we can claim Christ as our Lord and our Savior. It cost Him what? Everything. What does He ask of us? Walk with Him. Be a person that wants to please Him, that wants to live Him. 
I read part of this verse or said it this morning when we prayed. Psalms 123, 1 and 2 says, As the eye of the servant looks to his master, as the eye of the maid looks to the mistress. So let's put our eyes on the Lord God. Let's trust in the Lord. So our eyes look to the Lord our God until he is gracious to us. You can get to a place where you know you're forgiven. There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ. Listen, there's the enemy wants to stop us. I understand they that you don't have to bring up your past. They'll bring it up. But you know, I thought sometimes that's not at all bad. It reminds you of where we've been. And listen, a Christian can do anything. You can choose, I can choose, we can go back into sin. It's a power of choice. But if you belong to God, He won't let you live in it. The prodigal son chose to come home. He got sick and tired of his low-down living. And when his money was all spent, his friends were gone. He was old and alone. And he said, surely there's a better way. And that's what God just wants us to, to come to Him. Let Him be who He says He is. And you know what? It's not by my might or by my power. It's by God. That's why I love Psalms 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. We need to learn to bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of His benefits. Who forgives our iniquities. Who heals our diseases. Who redeems our life from the pit. Now He relieves your life from the pit when you get saved. He transfers you from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of His Dear son, Colossians 1.13. But, even as a Christian, I got saved when I was a kid then. you know, I got back in the pit. He redeemed me from the pit. He'll call you out of the pit. He brought the prodigal out of the pit. Amen. He crowns you with loving kindness and compassion. He'll satisfy your years with good things. I'm really believing he'll renew my youth like that of the eagle. Let's believe the word. His promises are yea and amen. But he's just looking for those that'll take the sword and that'll stand and not turn back. And I, I just bless you. I, I know you're soldiers of the cross. But I'm just telling you there's more. God's got more for you. And if you'll align your life with him... He'll do in and through you. He'll guide you even when you don't know He's guiding you. He'll lead you when you don't know you're being led. Amen. He's got a plan and purpose for you. He chose you before He created this earth, so that means He loves you and He's got something for you. But we're so worldly-minded in this nation. We've had everything. We've never been under in any kind of servitude. They say that when A.D. 70, when Jerusalem, the temple was destroyed, Christianity flourished. Under persecution, the church grows. We just think, God will work it all out. 
God will work it all out. Amen. You know, Bobby Connor told the story here. He said uh, there was fires, like there are fires going on in California and places today. He said, God said, what are you going to do about those fires? He said, I didn't know I was supposed to do anything. He said, you are. What am I supposed to do? You're supposed to go out there and you're going to speak a word and they're going to go out. He went out there with a word from God. Now, if you just go out there and tell the fires to go out, they probably won't. But if God tells you to go and do something, He'll do it. And that, that happened. Went out there and it snowed in summer and the fires went out. I mean, God is still God. What about that verse that says, it talks about it was impossible for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. It said it was easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to get saved. And you know, we've took that as meaning a small door in the wall of Jerusalem that a camel could some way make its way through that door. You know, I don't think that's what it means. I think it means you take a needle and said it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of that needle. It says all things are possible with God was what the point is. All things are possible. It's possible. Some of us have been a little late getting on it. We we've wish we hadn't wasted as many years as we wasted. But get over that and just go forward today and say, God, I, I want you to be and do in and through me whatever you want to do. I've come to do your will. You know, we, we try to manipulate God. I remember as a young man, and of course I was taught to tithe, but even after we had our business going out there, and I decided, well, you, you know, instead of giving 10%, I'll give 20 Now that wasn't particularly out of the love of God. I just thought God will double what he'll do for me. See, so our, our, it's, and I, I really do. I like to give, probably, and I do, maybe 20%. But what's, what's our motive? What's our motive? Speak the truth in love. Speak the truth in love. That'll heal relationships. Be a forgiver. Be a forgiver. Have I not received a lot of forgiveness? I've had people say, why do you put up with that person? I said, you don't know how much God's forgiven me of. But we've got to tell the truth. You can just sit and listen to somebody and you can go, mm-hmm. And they think you're agreeing with them. You're just not wanting to step in and take your stand. There's a time to take a stand. There's a time not to. There's people you cannot talk to. Don't cast your pearls before swine. Be led by the Spirit of God. His Spirit wants to live and move within you. But there's a baptism of fire that's going to burn the junk out of It's going to burn the eye out of us. Out of the me. Let's just stand up and worship the Lord. Lord Jesus, it's about you. It's about your kingdom.
I thank you that the rock has came. And Lord, you're destroying the kingdoms of this world. And your word says there will be no end to the increase of your kingdom upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it with justice and righteousness from then on and forever the zeal of the Lord of the hosts will accomplish that Lord we believe that I decree it and declare it we're doing it in this house you're doing in it we that are here today or that have watched today Lord we choose this day to submit our lives to you we choose to say, Lord, you're right. And I challenge you, if God shows you an area of your life that he wants to change, agree with him. And listen, there's things you can't overcome by yourself. You cannot in your flesh. It takes the power of God to overcome. And if you need help, we'll pray with you. You may want to just come to the altar and give it to God this morning, whatever it is. But let Jesus Christ rule and reign. No, leave here knowing you belong to God and your sins are forgiven. And that the promises of God are yours if you'll get to know Him. If you'll get to know Him. Lord, we bless you. We honor you. Lord, we cry out to you. Thank you for the rock the king that your kingdom is a mountain that will continue and grow and crush all the kingdoms of this world you see how Daniel and Revelation's coming together see it's God's kingdom quit living with the pigs we're king's kids we bless you Lord we bless you Lord That yoke's heavy if you try to carry it alone. Bricks are heavy yoke, bricks are heavy yoke. When you shout, you shout to the Lord. Sing it out. We are His people. Are we not His people?
Come on, let's be who God wants us to be today. Come on, let's cry out to Him for His mercy. Cry out to Him for His grace to fall. There's walls that still need to come down this morning. What about towards you? What about your family? What's God doing in your family? What's He doing in your job, your business? Lord, we bless you. We honor you. Somebody shout! Somebody shout! Come on! Come on! We don't want to be. Aren't you tired of being a spectator? Get in the game. Come on, get in the game. Father God welcomed the prodigal when they came back. He welcomes the prodigal. He did not bring up their past. He didn't condemn them. He put his robe on them, the ring on them. He had a party for them. Just because everybody else does it doesn't mean it's right for me. Sin is still sin and God judges us for our sins. earlier I uh, felt like the Lord said look at these chairs look at these seats and we talked about war and we've talked about what we must do and the Lord said we need to prophesy to these chairs that are empty there's been warriors sitting in those chairs in the past we call them back if they're prodigal or whatever we call them back into the fight. We need to be together. If, if a church needs anything right now, we need to be together. Amen. We need to fight together. We need to really believe the Lord to turn this country around. Because you know, and I know you've heard it, you hear it every day, pretty much that if USA goes down a lot of countries are going to go down we need to really pray for our country but we really need to pray for our churches to rise up rise up be together and I know it depends on the church but the ones that are hearing the voice of the Lord we need to stand together and fight and so we prophesied to these chairs that they'll you know, there's been great...
prophets and different people sit in these chairs. And we can get that spirit. You know, have you heard, um, I've heard people say, we've had evangelists and prophets come and they say, man, I'd like to have his shirt. And they'd get that shirt. He'd, maybe he'd give them a shirt. And that spirit of evangelism or prophetic spirit would come on the people. So we just pray that whoever spirit that is for the kingdom of God that's been sitting in these chairs, that they will hear the voice of the Lord today. They will hear what they need to do. They need to either stand up and fight. Lord will show each one what their purpose and plan is for their life, and we just pray that over those prodigals and those that are destined by the Lord to come in and be a part of this group, to be a part of a of the fighters for the Lord in this battle. And we say, come, Lord Jesus, come and open up our hearts to you. Any other word? Uh, I just feel like the Lord says that we got your back. I got your back. We're standing in faith together as a family of God. I got your back. We got each other's back. We're standing together. Psalm 133 says, How blessed it is where brothers dwell together in unity. That can be sisters too. Because there God commands His blessing. Amen? I got your back. We got each other's back. Amen? That's a good work. Men, come take your place tomorrow night and let's pray. Let's pray for our group. Are we finished? Lord, your word never returns void. We choose to believe you. We choose to believe your word. We choose to be guided by the spirit of the living God. In Jesus' name, amen.